guys, welcome back to the pod. This week I'm speaking to Rosie Secker of Vox Yoga. About a year ago, Rosie started to post YouTube videos um, with short demonstrations of yoga routines that are um, tailored for singers. We talk about some of the benefits of yoga for singers and some of the most common issues that arise in the studio. Tell me a little bit about yourself then. So tell me a little bit about your history and kind of how you got into what you're doing now. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. <laughs> and I'm glad the videos helped. Yeah, it's a nice, nice little warm up, isn't it? Um, so where to even start? So I'm primarily a singer and a musician. Um, so I trained classically um, at music college and then musical theatre. Um, graduated, wasn't quite feeling the whole theatre performance career um didn't really know what to do and I just got one day a week teaching singing in a school in London um absolutely loved it and so I started studying more about like vocal pedagogy and um just kind of learning more about the voice itself and how to work with different singers um which was just fascinating and I thought oh actually I think singing teaching is is a really nice path for me right. to go down. Um, that's that's so, really interesting. So why do you know why or what what do you think kind of why do you think it didn't really like appeal to you too much about being a performer and that kind of side of things? Yeah, it's interesting because I do still perform now. Mm-hmm. I've kind of come back to it and I found what I what I like about performing now, but at the time, so I went to a conservatoire when I was 18 and I yeah. think I just was quite young and everyone was very kind of serious and mm, I yeah. loved the experience. I, you know, I would go again and do another four years if I could, but everyone would kind of, not everyone, but majority of people would, you know, go home and listen to opera and I just wanted to go to gigs at the weekend and and kind of you know just enjoy myself as well mm. and I think I loved it but I remember thinking when I graduated oh I might come back to this later I think I wasn't kind of fully immersed in the world of recitals where you have to wear a long gown mm. and heels and it just wasn't for me at the time I actually had a similar experience. I straight out of school, I went into a conservatoire as well. I was studying classical music as well. And I, I, the, the way you described it was exactly how I felt as well. I just felt yeah. a bit out of place. Um, I was the same. I wanted to go to gigs and kind of sing pop and rock music. And I just found it very, very serious. I just felt like it just wasn't for me at all, you know, even though mm. I really enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed yeah. like studying classical singing, but I knew that it wasn't for me long term. So I didn't continue with it. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I hope things are changing now because I've suddenly the last year or two really enjoying singing classical music. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'd love to get back into opera, but I'm now covered in tattoos. Uh, and I'm like, will they, you yeah. know, have things changed enough? Mm. I'm going to just start a contemporary opera company or something. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> but there's so many like rock operas and stuff like that now, isn't there? And like the mus- even like musical theatre or rock stuff. And so, yeah, the 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 um what's the word the like the crossing of genres is happening a lot more now so yeah definitely um but yeah like I said I I loved my experience there it just mm-hmm. kind of I wasn't I I didn't want to just step out and say I'm gonna start auditioning for operas and I probably wasn't ready mm-hmm. anyway at 22 um but yes I did my master's as well in musical theatre again I kind of 
got into a really good drama school and did musical theatre. Um, and yeah, I just left. I was like, I don't want to do eight shows a week. Like I wanted to be mm. more unique, kind of individual. We had to, you know, you weren't allowed to wear makeup. We had to wear black head to toe every single day. Yeah. Um, and ugh, that I get, I understand why, because it was stripping you down to be like a blank canvas, mm-hmm. but that's never been what I've been about at all. And it was quite mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, people would tap dance in the common room and I was trying to write my master's dissertation and people were like seeing who could belt higher. Right, and okay. It, yeah, it wasn't for me at the time. Yeah. And I mean, I teach at a drama school now and it, it's not like that at all. It's, you know, again, it was my experience. I just thought yeah, it's not for me going into the West End and there weren't really many other options. It was kind of like you're training to go into the West End if you're doing mm-hmm. musical theatre course at a drama school. But and I was like, well, I don't I don't want to do eight shows a week for a whole year with it's the a, it's people. A, it's, it's a lot. It's very demanding lifestyle, do you mm. know? So and I think like we we leave school and we go, we know we want to do something to do with music, but we don't know what. So we just go do yes. like a music degree. But we don't really, but we don't realise even what the um the um all the options of career paths you could take within that. So sometimes it does a lot of circling around that goes on within the artistic yeah. community, you know. Yes. We eventually get to what we want and we realise then that we can kind of pull things from other experiences that we had, which is cool, like yeah very cool and you know I think things are much more open to people just exploring more creative works now as well I know it has been going Mm -hmm. on for ages you know fringe and you know things like that but I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of more a a widely known option that creating your own work is a really positive thing as a performer um, yeah not just having to do what other people want really yeah they're two very different things aren't they yes yeah so (laughs) When did you go and study like the voice science and the vo- the anatomy and that? Where did you study that? Yeah, well, I mean, I've um, I'd like to ultimately just well, keep. I'm still doing courses at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I first of all did the um, Estill training, mm-hmm. which was probably about three, four years after I graduated. So when I got started doing teaching, um, and you know there's so many videos of looking inside looking at the vocal folds different figures of how the voice works um and things and then since then I mean vocal pedagogy is developing all the time there's Mm -hmm. been things in Estill in the last five years that they're like oh actually that's not right we've got new science that's like that so I've kind of just been doing loads of courses Mm -hmm. loads of reading um and then I mean, I'm fast forwarding, but then my yoga teacher training was like a hundred hours of anatomy in the body as well. So yeah. it's kind of all linked together, really. <laughs> so you you probably started yoga because you just wanted to do something for your own mental health and fitness and all the rest. But when did you see the link between the two and how that could kind of work out for you? And... Yeah, so it was actually probably... Yeah, about five years after I'd been teaching and I'm, I'd been living in London, crazy life. So I moved down to Brighton by the seaside. Oh, lovely. Um, hoping for a more chilled out life. I'm which a local it, who uh, lives there. <laughs> <laughs> which it is. And it, and it, well, it was, it is, it was a great decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just started doing yoga because I didn't really know anyone here. And I went to a yoga festival and it was, you know, I started to enjoy it more. Um, when I found the benefits of it and started to connect it with a voice was actually, um, I started a full-time teaching job, 
which I'd never done before. I'd always been self-employed um, yeah. and I just wanted something stable for a little bit. Um, and it was within the county going into different schools and running these huge large scale workshops. So I'd have like 300 eight year olds oh, wow. for two hours that I was just having to, you know, do part singing stuff and great fun, but hmm. it was just so full on. And I'd be here on one day, then I'd drive over lunch somewhere else. It was just like manic. I'd work six days a week. And then I'd still be trying to perform. I'd do a gig on a Friday night, get home at 1am and then be up to run my choir on a Saturday morning. Mm. You know, it. I was so, so stressed. And I was driving. I was like this. My shoulders Tense, punched yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, And when I did come to sing for myself, I just have this really kind of oh no, my voice is tired from teaching. I don't want to sing. I feel, you know, tense. And so it was just, <laughs> I'm not in that job anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at that time was actually when what I made time for in the evening was was going to yoga. Mm. Um, and I just would walk, walk home, only a five minute walk along the seafront. And I just feel so different. And sometimes yeah. I'd get the urge when I was doing yoga to like sing. Obviously, I was mm. in a big class, so I didn't, but I just kept getting this urge. And then I'd notice like the next day if I was driving, how I'd feel really different physically. And also, you know, my focus, like you said, well-being, mm. would just I'd feel so different as well. Um, and then someone at that job, just a piano teacher, mentioned a book called Yoga for Singers. Right. Um, and I bought it. And I just got fascinated and then I just find myself in yoga, like getting distracted because I'd be thinking, oh, this, this would be really good to do that with singing and stuff. Oh, wow. But, um, and then, yeah, I went from there. I did my yoga teacher training and then started to just delve into it a bit more. And did you kind of craft your, um, your, your approach to teaching kind of through yoga? Yes, I suppose. Oh, that's a difficult question. It depends on the circumstance, the student or whatever it is. Really. Yeah. So how, yeah. how does it, what does a lesson look like with you? So like, so um, obviously you have your, your, your business uh, Vox mm. Yoga, but is, is every, every singing lesson, in, uh, is there yoga incorporated in every singing lesson or do you kind of go from lesson to lesson and see what the person needs? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So some of my students are purely singing students. Like I said, I'm primar primarily a singing teacher where I started. So some won't, you know, will just come for singing lessons and then, you know, I'll know something movement wise will help them. It wouldn't be, might not be full on yoga, but, you know, we'll incorporate bits in and they won't even realize um, <laughs> what's going on. Whereas other students will see, oh, actually, I've tried a bit of yoga. I found that's really useful for me. I've seen you do yoga and singing, so let you know. I'd like to have have lessons. Explore that kind explore. of explore. Yeah, I mm. do use the word explore more than anything because it's so so unique. So with the individual lessons, it's it's really down to what that student needs, really. Yeah. Um, so you've got like an extra tool that some people don't have, yeah. which is great. Yeah, like. I think so. Um, and you know, it's not like okay let's do a 20 minute yoga flow and sing all the way through it it's more okay we're doing this exercise struggling with something let's try this posture or you know a five minute bit of connecting to the breath and movement um, right and so um 
what are the benefits of yoga for singers and what kind of um, issues can yoga help to fix? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think there's so many. I'm like, where do, where do I start? I suppose it's kind of breaking it down into a few things like phys- physical and then um, mental, you know, the mind, um, putting the breath into that as well. Um, but overall, that kind of connection to the voice and just interlinking it. Someone might say, I just I can't get into my breath. I need to explore that. Someone physically will think, oh, I know I'm holding tension here. Um, or they don't know they're having something wrong that they're not quite feeling good about in their voice. And we say, you know, let's check in physically um, and see what we could do to help possibly strengthening something or releasing something um or someone might need to find a bit more focus and need that sense of calm if they're you know a bit anxious suffering from performance anxiety um how strong is the link between the your your body and the sound that is produced like how interconnected are those things I mean, you, I think if you, if you're truly wanting to understand the mechanics of the voice, you can't, you can't just think about your vocal cords. I mean, when I trained, I did a tiny bit of Alexander technique, but it was a module you had to choose to take. Um, and I didn't, we didn't really talk about it too much. It was like, you stand up, you learn how to breathe and that's it. But I always also used to sing like very stuck. So um, it's just, you know, it's the whole system, your breath in your body, you know, exploring what breath requirements the music you're singing needs, how to control that breath. We use that word support, like what does that even mean? Um, understanding a bit more about the core muscles. Sometimes you don't need to know the intricacies, you can just feel it, but Sometimes if you're doing something challenging, understanding what muscles are working is so useful. Yeah, because um, like people, like singers might not realise that like like all parts of your body can be involved in singing. Like yes, sometimes you yeah. go in and you think, you think it's all up here kind of. Yeah. But like I remember being at um, Vocality and Practice Seminar, I think it was in Cork. Could have been the U- UK, I forgot. Oh, it was in the UK actually. Um, and I can't remember the, who the speaker was, but, um, he was some kind of like, um, physiotherapist type, like work with the body type person. Um, and he basically said that he had a client who was struggling with some vocal issue. Um, I can't remember even what the vocal issue was now and they couldn't, they tried so many things. Like the singing teacher tried so many things with them and they couldn't really find um, an answer to the, to the problem. And anyway they went to this person um and they like kind of did a whole body scan or whatever and like checked not like in in the machine but like they kind of did all these checks on the body and they they realized that what what had actually happened was that the the guy actually had um or the woman I'm not sure had an issue in their foot that was un that went unnoticed or just didn't get resolved and over over time like over years the body slightly twisted the whole way up 
over years and years and years, the whole way up. And what was actually after happening, the larynx actually was slightly twisted. And it had happened from starting at the feet. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating. I did not realise that an issue in your bloody toe could affect your something in your larynx. Yeah, I mean, because the body's always compensating because it, it wants to be in balance. So, you know, it's like we see these people, particularly teenagers, sink into their hip all the time. So in order to stay upright, you have to do something else in another part of your body to realign yourself, to stay upright. So if it becomes something that over time, you know, you're compensating, you end up in, you know, out, out of alignment. You know, we talk about posture, but really it is alignment, having that sense of things being in line so that they can work efficiently, like the whole the whole thing with why why do you need to be in good alignment to be able to sing properly is so that your breathing mechanism and your vocal mechanism so they can work efficiently um i mean there's so many things about fascia in the body as well at the moment which is like that kind of cling filmy super thin stuff that covers everything that people are saying well you know everything really truly is connected um but it's it's so true you know i once when I had um, like a really tense ankle from driving, I was really gripping my jaw. It's just little things like that. You often find that the body responds in in certain ways and that tension often will just go el- go elsewhere. Do you know, just when you're saying about the jaw, um, I actually have noticed since like all the restrictions and having to wear masks and everything, I actually have a lot of I, I hold my jaw very tense and a lot especially if I'm going down the stairs I tend to like jump my jaw no I tend to pull my jaw backwards a little bit because I feel like my it's in like the mask I can't see the stairs and then going down properly so I'm constantly like like kind of almost like moving the mask a little bit just to, to, to help my sight and I realize that that I'm probably tense because of that you know so like lifestyle like even like sitting at a desk all day or like you know I don't know driving a lorry and like sometimes your your day job and things that happen during the day can can cause you to have um tension that you might not be fully aware of which can then affect your voice oh yeah definitely like I found through lockdown I think it was the start of this year we did eight ten ten weeks on zoom or something and my flat was freezing I I if I'm doing more yoga based things I'll always stand up to teach but this was like majority college teaching and I was sitting down for m- for most of it and I could feel my whole my pelvis was so much more tilted forward than it would usually been would usually be if I was being more active and I'm still doing yoga but just sitting down so much more um because if your hip flexors are constantly you know be shortened um, it will pull your pelvis in a different way. And then I'd feel myself just stood up in the kitchen and I would be completely like really tilted pelvis. And then I'd kind of try and adjust myself or something. I'd be like, oh, wow, I'm really out of whack. Um, and I, my voice was so tired at the time. Like I just was trying so hard to maintain a good routine, but I was just feeling like not great in myself just because it was winter we were inside all day and yeah it did have have a knock-on effect definitely but I was lucky that I could be aware of it 
And so I started doing loads of hip openers. I do like pigeon pose in yoga every night and I'd just be so conscious about trying to move more because it just crept up on me. <laughs> Is there a certain um, issue that tends to be a common one that arises in with, with students that you've seen? Because sometimes there's a particular thing that yeah. just keeps coming up. 100% um, is gripping the abdominals all the time. <laughs> Seems to be such a big thing um, that I've come, come across recently. And I think it's also people, people overthinking the breathing system as well. They're like, okay, I've heard that I need to breathe from my diaphragm, you know, all these phrases that are thrown out there. Um, or, you know, you must do this with the abdominals. You need to squeeze, you need to do this to your ribs, you need to support. Um, and I think people really overthink it um, and then end up just fight, having loads of tension in the, the torso and particularly the, the abdominals. Yeah, um, I, f I find students can be a little bit obsessed with like the breathing thing because I don't know, it's for some reason, it's just one of those things that keeps co that's come up since you were a child and you always think that that's like, obviously breath is important. But it's sometimes I find sometimes when I a student might come to me and I'm like, is there any particular, um you know, issue that or challenge that you're having at the minute? And they, they'll say, oh, yeah, my breathing's really, really out of whack. Like, you know, and like they, they might not even exactly know what that means, you know, um, sometimes. And sometimes. And sometimes what I find is um I, I go, OK, great. OK, I'll, I'll I'll keep that in mind in the lessons. And sometimes I'll focus on something different, like I'll. We'll we'll look at the the consonants, the the vowels, um, alignment, things like that first. And sometimes I find that when you when you start opening up other options to them, the breathing comes more naturally to them, and they they kind of yeah. forget about it as being an issue. Yeah, definitely. I think it is that thing that people, you know, particularly if they're, you know, if it's slightly older singers or you know people wanting to progress and take it further. And they think, oh, I, I, I haven't sorted out my breathing yet. Then it is that almost sense of, of panic. It's like you do need to strip it down. Um, and yeah, I think that distracting, not distracting, but focusing on something else is so, so useful. Um, yeah, but even even as being a, it's, it's a distraction, but also sometimes what they think is a breathing issue might be a, a constant vowel issue. Mm. do you know yes, what I mean and when they oh, when they get says what they think yeah yeah exactly exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly um I teach a lot of dancers as well from teaching at the music theatre college so they're always like really everything's pulled in and tightened for dancing so they yeah. find it quite hard to kind of um just find explore different types of breath you know we don't always need that really low long breath but you want to be able to do it I've heard that it with like um I remember Chris Johnson talking about like a lot of people who work out a lot and you know a lot mm -hmm. of sit-ups and kind of work on the stomach can be almost uh, two-toned. Yeah. And it can actually yeah. affect the voice negatively as well sometimes. 100%. Yeah, because that was one thing I remember learning in my teacher yoga teacher training was that people that have a six-pack, I'm not saying they don't have a strong core as well, but the muscles on the front, rectus abdominis, they're like the superficial ones. Right. But actually it's the inner core that we that as singers we need to be able to you know access and have flexibility so yes be able to strengthen it and engage it but also to release it as well so if you're doing core work as a singer it's much better to target those the inner muscles of the core 
instead. Um, but yeah, completely. As soon as you're yeah too switched on all the time, you you lose that flexibility, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Because the muscles are just they're just too tight, and mm. then they, you have the whole thing of like kind of feeling like you need to um, like tense your stomach almost because you think that's yeah. going to support more, but really we need it to flow so that the, mm-hmm. the the lungs can fill up and everything kind of move out of their way and like it can all operate you know smoothly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why I love with students that, yeah, particularly a grip grippers like to grip or over engage. There's some certain yoga postures that are so useful that anyone can do, um, you know, standing forward folds where you're literally stood up, folding forward at the hips, letting your arms hang heavy, head hang heavy. And just doing a is one of the best things to just feel what everything is doing when you breathe in and out and the the core kind of working on its own finding a bit of release um and also child's pose when you're kneeling down um knees knees a little wider sitting on the heels torso forward arms forward forehead on the ground or a block blanket and just like letting go and you can feel so many sensations in the torso. You can feel the breath in the back. We often forget about that. Um, you know, having a more focus on the ribs and also, yeah, letting the abdominals kind of release a bit more as well. And like, we all know that yoga is is said to be very good for like our well-being and our mental health. And we also know that, you know, if we are stressed or are going through some any mental health struggles, that really affects our voice. Like, it's not like playing piano where, you know, if you're upset, your voice sometimes can crack or it might go a little bit higher. You can hear it in your in people's voices. But like, as opposed to other instruments where that doesn't happen. So we're quite vulnerable in that sense. So in what ways have you witnessed yoga um, to help and rectify those um, challenges? Yeah, I suppose I see that in my, you're talking about it. And I was actually thinking of it in my, my body as well, instead, as, as well as my students. But, um, you know, you get you that conjures up a memory, doesn't it? Where you think, mm. oh, God, yeah, I remember that that moment. It was when I had to I had to sing at a funeral and I was like practicing and it was in a room that the acoustics were awful as well. Um, And yeah, I couldn't I just I was only singing. I was singing like. Piazu from Fori's Requiem, um, which is quite easy. I sang it when I was about 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and it's not high for me because I'm a soprano and I couldn't like get the top note out. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? I've I've got my voice. I warmed up, you know, I did some exercises a couple of hours before. Um, I knew I could hit like a fifth at least above that note. I was like, what what, you know, why isn't it coming out? Um, and then it was just that oh God, I need to do a physical check-in. Um, and just everything was so tight. It was just like horrible. My larynx, I like to wobble my larynx quite a lot. Um, it, it was like, it felt stuck almost. Um, yeah, because people don't were... realise it is quite flexible, you know, even I though it know, feels a bit weird to push oh, your hands it. on it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I love to move it. Um, <laughs> and of course there are stretches, things you could do anyway, but I actually, I just did 10 minutes of yoga, upper body, just actually moving rather than holding like static stretches, upper body, neck, 
you know, incorporating some like yawn sigh sounds whilst I did it. Again, just standing, it wasn't a full on flow. I wasn't doing downward dog because I was not in an appropriate space. I seem to remember. <laughs> um, you really look at your one. <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, just, you know, swinging the arms and, but having a focus on connecting to the breath was actually, I think, was what was a, probably more useful because if you add that kind of or a when you move it actually allows you to move a little bit more efficiently and you always try one always um but we can aim to match up like the length of your movement with the length of the breath and then you flow into another movement and the sound kind of helps to um calm the nervous system adding that any any sound like that tends to extend the exhale which slows your heart rate as well if you've got any panic and um for me yeah i my voice i could i could have sung so many notes higher after just that that 10 minute check in right so okay so what advice then or what advice would you give to a singer who is maybe like just about to go on stage and they're about to perform and they're they've just suddenly got really nervous they only have five minutes. What would you suggest that they do to help calm their nerves and just relax before they go on? Yeah, hundred percent is the is the breath because the heart rate tends to quicken and it's that different parts of our nervous system. If we're anxious, nervous, it's that fight or flight kicks in and we need to activate the different side of our nervous system. Um, our parasympathetic nervous system, um, like our vagus nerve. I know people are talking about that a lot. Love it. It's fascinating. Yeah. So, um, yeah, connecting to the breath. There's a few, you know, few things you could do. Even just uh, some people don't want to shut their eyes because you want to stay present in the moment a little bit if you're about to go on. Um, but again, it's different for everyone depending what they need. But there's a few things like um, a bee breath in yoga, which is just humming. And feeling the resonance in the face, you can even put your fingers like just to cover your ears, so that you feel the resonance a bit more is really useful. Um, or alternate nostril breathing is great to again find balance. So in through one nostril, out through the other, then you block it in and out the other way. You've got um, videos on nearly every, got, pretty much everything you've, you're talking about here. So if anyone's kind of like, what, yeah. what, wait, I wait, what, what, what is that? How do we do that? You can. It's a box, uh, box, box yoga, box just yoga, YouTube, just box yeah, yoga yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. So you can check all her videos out there. So exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's great for finding balance and that's kind of equal inhale and exhale. Um, sometimes, yeah, if your heart is racing, you do want to kind of try and extend your exhale a bit more. So that's, um, any sound, any sound really, um, and of course, if you're someone that's like, I've got five minutes and you find your shoulders have completely creeped up, then doing some shoulder release, neck release exercises whilst you do some focus on the breath as well. Yeah, even just useful. The, mm. even just like telling yourself shoulders relax. Oh gosh, it, yeah, 100%. You know, a conscious thing, like soften the jaw as well. I'm someone that I just realised my I jaw, I'm I just gripping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... <laughs> But with um, it's funny. I've actually just recorded a yoga for performance anxiety for my YouTube channel. Oh, which wow, is coming okay, out excellent. In a few weeks, um, yes. But when I was putting it together, it's kind of that thing of, you know, if you know that you might suffer from performance anxiety, 
or you might get nervous, it's starting to bring in some of those techniques like the week before. Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. some calming stretches, some yoga postures that, you know, are shown to alleviate anxiety and just get, you know, connecting to that flow of the mm. breath will just help to understand what it feels like to calm the nervous system while you're also stretching out your body as well. So exploring yeah. that release. One of my favorite stretches, um, like my kind of go-to stretches are every day would be like neck rolls, kind of side to side, all that, um, shoulder rolls. But I love this one. I love, you know, the one where you breathe up and then you reach over and you breathe out. Uh, I love the feeling of the release in the rib cage up along the, up along the side of your torso. It just makes me feel alive. I'm more connected with my body. Yeah. Do you know, I, I just yeah. love that stretch. And that thing of, you know, with yoga, we try to always have that inhale on the, you know, expansion and then the exhale as we move into the stretch or as we fold. Um, so I think you get more of that kind of connection and that stretch as well. But yeah, opening, exploring the muscles between the ribs is just so, so useful as well. I love side, side stretches in yoga obviously a big go-to for me um, yeah and for singers as well yeah really really useful to explore and um so like yoga sorry singing is very much a holistic activity and the more aware we can make ourselves of all of the aspects will actually help us sing more efficiently do you know it'll help us Mm-hmm. use our instrument in a better way do you know like having the, the the connection to the body the breath the stretching um and then the like some mindfulness as well which mm-hmm. which stretching and yoga is kind of mindfulness too yeah I you think know if you're, yeah when you are moving if you're it, you tend to get into that moment like they often call it yeah. moving meditation certain yeah. forms of yoga not necessarily power yoga but finding yeah. a yoga that work, works for you yes exactly very good I was thinking about um what's the word like affirmations and actually like thinking about what you want to achieve so like when maybe when you're doing the breath on your side stage and you're waiting to go on that you're you're saying I am I am a great performer I'm going to sing really well you know those things as well and connecting that in with the rest in with the movement and the breathing yeah it's something that I would never have kind of wouldn't have been my thing like about five years ago the whole affirmation thing was I would have been like oh you know that that doesn't work for me um but then sometimes you know when I would go to yoga classes a certain teacher would bring it in and you'd be in the moment you'd be like this feels really good um and so you know if if that works for you it can be so so powerful just having a strong bold statement or just I often use like um you know just one word calm or energy depending how I'm feeling um and it's so good to then you know 
fo focus on that. Say, okay, this is what I want. I want presence or something. And actually, I think it's they're they're so so useful. They can be really useful just to have as well something to kind of almost meditate on a word, a phrase, to put yourself in that you know more positive or fo focused mindset. Yeah, I just I just find it really interesting, like how it all connects and you know like you were saying that like not every lesson for you like has yoga in it but it's there as a tool it's there as an option you know like how long do, are your lessons at the 30 minutes 45 minutes or an hour or? yeah I tend to for the for individual lessons if, it, if it's kind of more of a physical focus as well I say 40 minutes or or 60 minutes just because it kind of you get into it a little bit more you get a bit more stuck in yeah, because my, I'm, I teach mainly half an hour lessons, you know, because a lot of my students are kids and they're coming kind of on a subscription basis. Like, but I find it sometimes difficult to get everything in a 30 minute lesson. So, um, yeah, I do. I have a few younger students and I actually have one. Um, I think she's eight and she's she's brilliant. Like she she can do riffs, pop riffs better than I can. Like she's so good. But um, the other day, I think, oh, yeah, she was breathing so much <gasps> like this. And I was like, oh, if we were in a different space because we were in this, you know, practice room in, you know, the, in the edge, almost a shed, which is is nice, but the floor is quite dirty. I was like, oh, if we were in a different space, I'd get you to lie on your back. And she was like, I'll do it. And she just goes on the floor. <laughs> so I had her in semi-supine. She was doing it. She was singing Bad Blood by Taylor Swift on the floor. She was just so into it. Which so was why did you have her on the floor then? What were you trying to um, achieve there? Yeah, again, just, well, because her breathing was very shallow, um, her shoulders were really, she was thinking, I must, I must, you know, it's ki it's it's younger children, don't they? They take a big breath, they go, <gasps> and it's all very shallow. Of course, they have different requirements of, you know, adults and, and things, but she was just getting, like, ramped up that she needed this super energetic breath. So it was just, yeah, calm it down. If you're lying on your back, your shoulders physically can't really go up to your ears like that. So we just, yeah, slowed things down. Um, feet flat on the floor, knees bent, just so that your pelvis is all happy. And then, yeah, just putting your hands on the belly, on your ribs, on the chest, just to become aware of the sensations. So we slowed it down. We did it like phrase by phrase, just to take that kind of <gasps> gaspiness out yeah. Uh -huh. And then, you know, it is a fun song. It is an upbeat song. Of course, you know, you want to get into that kind of breathing quicker. But she was just over-engaging everything because she was just too excited. <laughs> and she, yeah, she loved this. She loved this different approach. And then two weeks later, she was like killing it. It was so good. Would you have like kind of a go-to yoga um, activity that would help with with reducing that kind of push or too tense in the stomach you know like like um say if somebody was trying to do I don't know like staccato notes or something like that they might be pushing too much from their stomach have you any is there any kind of yoga pose that you would help kind of them to to um free that up yeah again it's kind I almost think it's like awareness of the whole system because actually I use tabletop hands and knees just on hands and knees for people to really feel like you really feel your pelvic floor and the core yeah. muscles and it's great to do actually like staccato work in that posture but actually it's also really good to feel that sense of 
you know, release switching off, but then understanding that those muscles do need to switch or will they naturally will be switching on if you're singing or making a sound on the exhale, you, you know, you're not trying to do anything. You just feel what is naturally happening. And then you understand that actually all those muscles are working without you trying to do it at all, because in that posture, it just opens up, you know, different sensations. Um, for most people, sometimes someone will say, I don't feel it or it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but I find that one is actually just, it just opens up different sensations for quite a lot of people. It can be like a, a communication thing sometimes as well about like understanding what, when a student tells you, like explains something to you that they're, they're finding difficult or, mm-hmm. and they're like, you don't, you don't quite get what they mean and they don't quite get what you mean. So there's like a little, there's like that transition of kind of getting to know and like, like trial and error really until you go, oh, that's what they meant. That's what, that now I get it or vice versa. Yeah. And it's that thing with, with singing particularly, you can never know what someone else feels in their body. And, you know, someone might describe something and you're like, oh yeah, I know that because you think it's the same in your voice, but actually it's completely, completely different. Um, and they're feeling something different and actually it is you might need to address a different area to what you might in your voice as well so it's it is a bit of kind of trying that did that work do you feel that okay no or yes let's you know try something else yeah it's kind of like we can't make any assumptions because Mm -hmm. they might they might think that they get it or you might think that they get it and then you realize that they don't get it I think it's like it's just a lot of trial and error trying to figure out what how they describe things how they experience this feeling mm. you know and even getting them to like journal like take a journal yeah. like write down like what they did to to achieve that the last time they did it or what they what they did and it didn't happen Do you know like even like having a log of like what your practice basically yeah you can look back and go oh yeah now I see a pattern here <laughs> yeah and it's all awareness like I again I use that word in group classes when it's kind of trying lots of different things or techniques and you can't be working one-on-one with someone it's like okay just be aware does this feel good in your body what sensations are you feeling so that people can say oh that bit of the class worked really well I can come back and explore that technique further um but for every you know every singer yeah when you're practicing and something feels good like okay what was what was I doing what did that feel like even if you don't know technically oh my larynx position was like this my breath was really you know even if you don't understand technically what did you what did you feel what did it feel like so you can try and recreate it again so you know for like someone who has maybe never done yoga before or maybe you know isn't a regular yogi um would you suggest kind of the top three um exercises that you would suggest that they try to incorporate in like a daily routine or at least regularly yeah I mean again where to start because there's so so many things but one one thing I'd say actually is just you know find a 10 minute beginner yoga on YouTube mine or someone else's whatever um and just do yoga and then sing afterwards and just see if it feels any different if the body feels more free after doing a bit of movement and often yoga you know just a simple flow will just engage 
all the bits of the body that you want to stretch out, you know, certain things, as long as it's, you know, for beginners, if you're just starting. And often, you know, you'll just think, oh yeah, I feel like I've moved the body a bit. And then your voice just free, frees up naturally. Yeah. Um, so I kind again, of see that as a go-to. Mm. I was going to say, it's, um, it's again, it's kind of like trial and error for that person mm. because if they just, so your, your tip would really be to do 10 minutes every day and like figure out what, what works because you might find some stretches are more effective than others and then that can become your routine over time yeah exactly but also know that you might put a 10 minute yoga youtube on and not enjoy it like I, i don't i would never force anyone to you know to be like no stick with this you will love it because again it's different for everyone you know if that's if you don't like the appeal of that just try yeah try some kind of um, you know, upper body stuff is really useful in singing or when you're doing your exercise, you know, if you do singing exercises or you're just singing a song, adding in a bit of movement, you know, adding that side stretch, next stretches, always shoulder release, of course, everything's so connected in the upper body. Um, and then if you are someone that has done a little bit of yoga or any yoga and you, but you're a singer as well and you hadn't thought about connecting them, starting like I said add a bit of sound onto your exhale in certain postures and you'll you might feel sensations a little bit um differently yeah because like when we perform we don't stand still unless we're maybe doing a ballad or you know some something where we're at a mic stationary and then that's kind of more of a stylistic thing but like it's kind of sometimes when we're when we're in a lesson we're like we're standing still and we're kind of a bit stiff and you know so it's kind of important to like use the room like walk around the room and like actually even like pretend to have a microphone or something like or pretend if you don't have an actual microphone you know and actually kind of try and um what's the word um like recreate like a scenario that's closer to what we would actually be doing on stage because when you're on stage and you have things like adrenaline and nerves and the live band and you know different little things that can change in the moment and all those things can affect how your voice will come out you know yeah and that's as well one other thing again this is once you've if you have done yoga for a bit but if you sing whilst you're doing certain flows or bits of yoga it makes your voice have to adapt to your body doing something completely different so it's like throwing you into a different situation and then your voice has to respond in a different way Mm. so it's that's quite a a useful thing to try as well um and I mean I often find that my voice sounds much better when I'm doing yoga like I'll just hit these amazing spots of resonance or stretch or bit of freedom I'm like oh god that sounds great and then I have to really like when I stand not still you know I'm, I'm not one for standing still anymore of course but um when you you come to standing, I'm like, okay, I've got to recreate it. And then I'll start with just like bounce my knees, swing my arms. And I'm like, okay, start to make it look more performance ready. Um, but again, it's different, different for everyone, but it's something to explore as well. I was just thinking there about like the way I was saying that, and you were saying that when we move, sometimes our voice can, like when we're on a live performance, our voice can do something a bit different to how we mm-hmm. maybe practice it while we're standing in a room. Yeah. But I'm just, th- it made me think of like, I wonder um, how useful movement could be actually to improve your improvisational skills. 
and to get you out of a stuck place if you're act- like stylistically in a song. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I um, sing a lot of jazz now and I trained as a classical singer. So I kind of taught, taught myself things like that and would never have dreamt of improvising. Um, and now, now I love it. And actually, I find that when I'm kind of doing, instead of saying I'm going to do my vocal warm-ups with a piano, I'll kind of just move, maybe yoga, maybe just movement. And I'll start doing patterns that I'm used to. And then I'll just find that I'm just improvising stuff and it feels great. And yeah, again, it's it takes time to get there because I used to be the most rigid classical singer you've ever seen and would never have dreamt that I'd do this stuff 10 years ago. It's a big but, change. Um, yeah, but now it just feels that feels such a natural and easy way for me to sing. But yeah, improvise and just get the get your body moving as well yeah because um just like how movement can free the voice like I'm just thinking of um it was another exercise actually that I learned from Chris Johnson um (laughs) (laughs) um I think he caught they called like hands up or something like that um and it's been they put it on their blog but it's like you know think um someone is like singing a high note um whether it's a scale or in in a melody and when you get to the high note you raise your your arms straight up like that in front of you and you you can dip your knees a little bit as well like as as you're happening and I have found that that is so um effective for singers like it almost helps everyone like it really helps free people up in those higher notes a hundred percent yeah because often people tend to almost like stand on their tiptoes when they're going for the high notes Mm -hmm. and it's having that strength you know engaging certain muscles having that more sense of grounding as well um, I feel like any of Chris Johnson's movement tips are going to be fantastic. He's very a very <laughs> informed a guy. Well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if anyone doesn't know who Chris Johnson is, check him out. He's 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 great. He's full of information. Very knowledgeable boy. Percent. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, where would you direct people to, like, maybe if they want to like learn more, maybe like even singing teachers or singers who want to learn more about like the connection between like movement and the voice. Is there any kind of resources apart from your, your YouTube channel, um, but like books or blogs mm. or kind of more scientific stuff that like about the vagus nerve even things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. It's bizarre you say that. Cause I feel like Chris Johnson's doing a workshop like movement and the voice and it's okay. around about now it might, right. we might have, we'll probably missed it uh-huh. but look out because that looked um quite interesting but um I mean there's oh, so I've got so many books my main ones yeah um again it's not just yoga but I like yoga for singers Linda mm-hmm. Lister vocal yoga by Heather Lyle but that's a little bit more aimed at classical singers okay I've also got one I've forgotten who it's by it's called cross training in the voice studio oh I think I've seen that one I can't remember who it's by either but Gosh, um I've got it oh is that it yeah grab it oh oh no wait oh no 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 it's not cross training in the voice oh. studio that's one that I've just downloaded cross training oh, in the voice okay. studio because I'm going to read it complete vocal fitness this one I could picture oh yeah the yes so and that's less yoga and it's more kind of exercises, but thinking, you know, how we can engage, relax certain things. It's like um, a Viking on the front of it, is it? Yes, it is that one. I know. Cool, cool Claudia cover. Friedlander. Mm. There we go. So yeah, that one's Very good. Nice. So they're good. Yeah, they're really good um, books as well. But I mean, loads of stuff that Stephen King puts out there mm. about 
voice movement. Like he introduced, I say introduced me, I saw him do a workshop on like Qigong as well. What is Qigong? I is actually probably, don't know. Again, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a mix of like Tai Chi and okay. breath, but you're kind of, again, it's like moving with a flow in right. and out and like repeating a movement. Um, like one was like an arrow thing where you're just moving with the inhale and the exhale and it's kind of similar to, you know, some simple yoga movements as well, but it's, mm. I think it's more about kind of a bit more about energy as well, right. mm-hmm. which is really useful. So, so many other resources. Um, yeah. like they, I, I attended a really good, um, online class workshop, um, on the vagus nerve, um, her Instagram is voice care coaching and her name is, I think she's Dutch and I can't, I'm not going to try and say. I'll look name. it up and I'll put it in the, the description. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But that was so interesting. We did kind of a, you know, a science of the first 45 minutes and then practical looking at activating the vagus nerve mm. and things like that. I'm really um, actually interested in looking more about, looking up more about the vagus nerve. Mm. I came across a video on TikTok actually um, of a girl talking about the vagus nerve and she was saying, like they say, like ice baths and like, um, you know, immersing yourself in cold water is, is really good for the vagus nerve. And mm-hmm. she was saying you could also put like an ice pack on your chest and like breathe and calm so that it like, it mm-hmm. kind of like helps you reset for ang- for if you're anxi- anxious yeah. and it helps calm everything down. And I was like, I have to try that. That's what yeah. I'd love to try and see if it actually works. I'm also in the middle of reading um, Breath by James Nestor, mm-hmm. um, which it's it's not directly about the voice, but I know a lot of people in the voice community have been reading it. Um, and it's just kind of his explorations about breathing and his discoveries and experiments and stuff. But I've just read the chapter on the Wim Hof breathing oh, yeah. method and mm-hmm. immersion and stuff and I'd like to find out more even though I hate hate cold showers <laughs> I'm really determined to explore that coincidentally I actually did an ice bath for the first time yesterday oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> so a friend saw, said he was going and he asked if I'd like to go so I was like okay I was kind of scared I was almost going to cancel and mm-hmm. um, so I'm saying I don't like cold um but I like we did, we went in first and they did like these like leg compression things. It's like, you know, like the mm-hmm. band that you put on your arm to get your blood pressure taken yes, in by the doctors. Yeah. It's like one of those, but like, it's like a whole sleeve, your boat, your whole legs from your feet to, to right up. Mine was oh like squished gosh. up the top because I'm yeah. so short. <laughs> and it like, um, tightens around the muscle and it kind of works its way up from the foot upwards and it pulses in and out. I, I think it kind of is prepping the muscle for like the cold. Yeah. And then you get into the ice bath for like 10 minutes. Now, I put my feet in it and after about like five seconds I was like I can't do it I can't do it it was so like I it was actually painful um so like my friend fair play to him he stayed in it for the whole 10 minutes I didn't now I like had to wean myself into it so I like dipped my legs in for like a few seconds and then I I I took them out until I stopped painting then I put them back in again and I kept doing that I'd say I probably only did maybe three or four minutes max like all together but I was like really happy with myself by the end of it. I yeah, was up to like my rib cage. I was like, yes, I'm doing it. And I've done it for more than like 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah. But oh um, yeah, I'm definitely like looking forward to like continuing it and seeing if mm. it has like any like long, long, long-term effects. Yeah. And I think the Wim Hof breathing method as well is actually quite similar to like breath of fire in yoga. Mm-hmm. 
um, like getting, you know, the inhale, exhale going really, really quickly. That's what um, I did actually. That's what, okay. that's what actually, I started doing yeah. it like without, without like consciously doing it. I was like mm-hmm. <laughs> doing that cause I was so in pain and then it actually calmed me down and it like took my thoughts away from the pain and it just, it helped me stay in it longer. So that's cause we were, we were talking about Wim Hof. That's what made me think about it. <laughs> But yeah, it's so interesting. Like, yeah, it's something the, I can't, you know, I can't comment. I don't know anything about it yet. Mm-hmm. But I've just, I'm just intrigued to to find out more. Yeah, and so if people want to reach out to you or like work with you or where would you like to direct them? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm probably the most active on Instagram. So you can find me Vox Yoga with Rosie. Um, Vox Yoga on YouTube and my website voxyoga.co.uk. <laughs> Excellent. And have you anything coming up, seen any workshops or anything that you want to tell people about? Or? Um, yeah, I will be running a class because I tend to do um, one Sunday morning class a month. So my next one's going to be the 19th of September. Okay. Um, and of course, if you miss this one or whenever this goes out, then hopefully I'll keep them up one Sunday a month, which... Uh, the one I'm going to do in September is going to be kind of a bit of everything, 75 minute practice, body, breath, mind, voice, just to explore starting to connect everything together. Excellent. Well, it sounds fantastic. As yeah. I said, and I, it's on I... Zoom. So anyone in the, oh. anywhere in the world can come. I should have said that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not I kind of just assumed it was on Zoom now because we've been yeah, online for so long, like... <laughs> But I think they're kind yeah. of getting back to in person. So yeah, it's definitely good to clarify. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time. It was really, really nice to chat to you about it. And I hope that our listeners um, have a little bit more understanding about the connection between yoga and the voice. And they can check out your, your pages and hopefully you can grow the community. So thank you so much. Thank you.